All right. I think we have Mr. Cole Younger on the line. This you do? All right. Awesome. Shane with Radical Rocks, and today we're going to do an interview with Mr. Cole Younger, a very interesting um, person who's had quite a history with rocks and mining, a real gold miner, a real prospector, and um, hopefully get some insight and some anecdotes and hear some good stories, and then uh, actually talk a little bit about the gold rush, which we tried to do a week ago or so, and due to uh, the uh, technical difficulties, and I'm not that high tech of a redneck, um, it, it ran short, it was good, and we want to we wanna go over all that stuff again. So welcome, welcome, uh, Mr. Cole Younger, um, also has been a friend of mine for about some five years and a mentor to me, and uh, I know he's got some uh, gems and some great stories to share with us. So how you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing well. Still alive. Thank you. Yeah, you're living through this uh, quarantine mess? Uh, quarantine don't mean anything. <laughs> There's no disease up in the mountains. Yeah, you're keeping your uh, your six foot of uh, social distancing is, is working up there in the hills? <laughs> yeah, no. It's... Uh, <laughs> uh, one around looking for rocks it's uh you don't run into too many people out there yeah yeah it's 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 a lot less politics out there too i bet oh yeah <laughs> well hey um mr cole younger here i would like to ask you um just so people kind of get a idea of your history and um i know we touched on it last time but a little bit of history, how you got interested in rocks and gems and minerals and uh, mining um, as far as, as a kid and, and such or a young man. And uh, just kind of walk us through that for a minute. Okay. Well, I grew up in uh, northern Arizona uh, outside of Williams, uh, about 60 miles from the Grand Canyon. And uh, my dad worked out of town, uh, uh, in town. So, uh, when he'd come up, we'd go out rock hunting and looking for arrowheads and uh, searching for gold and treasure and everything. So I look forward to that. Every weekend we do that. And uh, uh, through that activity, I got introduced to gems and minerals and people that uh, pan for gold, look for gold and everything. So uh, looking to get rich quick. I figured gold was going to do it. So <laughs> I wandered all over the hills, uh, kicking rocks, been out dredging in Northern California, dug precious opal in uh, Northern Nevada, been all over the uh, Southwest, basically hunting for treasure everywhere. And uh, uh, through the years, I got to know more and more people that were in the trade i guess you could say prospecting and uh run into them out in the mountains and uh spent a lot of time on the dredge uh, oregon creek in northern california on the mother mother load found a lot of nice gold um northwestern arizona dry washed out in the desert ran recirculating high banker that's where i live right now when i'm not in colorado during the uh, mining season right nice nice so um what was one of your early finds when you were a young man with with your father that kind of 
you know, put that sparkle, that twinkle in your eye? Was it gold? Was it a gemstone? Was there a variety of things? Yeah, it, it was a variety of things. Uh, I, I attended earth science classes. When I was in fifth grade, I took this test, and uh, uh, they figured out that I could attend the classes of higher education. So uh, I'd go out with the ASU guys, earth science ASU guys, and that's where I really got interested. I had a professor, uh, Michael Roseman, and uh, he had polio. He had a little three-wheel buggy, and uh, we'd go out on field trips to mines and, and different occurrences of strata and, and geology, stuff like that, and study different things. I, I was, uh, I think, 12 years old at the time, so I wasn't allowed to go in the mines or anything. I, I'd have to sit out with Dr. Roseman because I was underage. But the rest of the class would go into the get to go do the tours on the mines. So I learned a lot from him. He 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 was a main motivator in my life. And then my dad, where we'd go on field trips collecting minerals, I'd come home and tell dad about it. And uh, next thing you know, we'd load all the family into the station wagon and go out and dig minerals. So nice. Yeah, it, it's a. Uh, Sure was some good times. Amen. Amen to that. Well, and then um, as far as some of the finds that you had, was there anything that's special? Because I know um, my oldest son, he's he's going to be 30 here in June. And, um, yeah, I started when I was five. Because <laughs> my age is not aligning properly. But um, anyway, he and I went and got some uh, – we went up to Amboy in California and got some trilobites and – fossils and stuff and that was just such a fond memory for him and and we talk about it all for both of us and we talk about it all the time and that was one of the ones that we share together you know do you have any any things like that oh yeah it's a a lot of things arrowheads found a lot of arrowheads and pottery and stuff and uh growing up around the house there we we lived in the middle of nowhere but we hunted geodes up in uh, outside of Payson up there and Herkimer diamonds, which are basically uh, double-ended uh, quartz crystals, real clear ones. And wow. those really fascinated me. We used to be able to walk down the wash and pick them up by the handfuls up there outside of Payson. And then you'd find geodes there uh, uh, poking around the old uh, – uh, Copper mines, collecting azurites and malachites. Uh, boy, we we went everywhere and collected everything. And uh, yeah, and, you know, Apache Tears outside of Superior, they had caves there and uh, perlite caves. And they're just, it's like hunting Easter eggs. <laughs> you go dig <laughs> dig for the, all the Apache Tears obsidian nodules. And they were really clear. They, I still have a bunch of them laying around the house here somewhere. Wow, but, nice! So every time was an adventure. Yeah, it's a uh, holy cow! It's <laughs> we come home with a station wagon just loaded with rocks, dragging the <laughs> ground. <laughs> right, right. You remember that movie with uh, I don't know. 
Did we steal ball, ball and Ricky Ricardo the long, long trailer? And she yeah, had to that was a, and yeah. Couldn't move. <laughs> Susie and I lived in an airstream. Uh, I traveled with uh, racing stock cars. I raced NASCAR and traveled around. And uh, uh, we had an airstream, thirty-one foot airstream, and uh, we had that thing just packed full of rocks. It dragged the ground. That's why you finally had to buy a property to have a place to put the desert. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, you've been to my house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got piles that are taller than Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still working on them too. That's uh Yeah. That's, that's right. He with the biggest pile of rocks wins. <laughs> <laughs> and they're pretty some pretty neat ones. Everybody that comes over, picks through my uh rock collection it's only up to about eight or nine tons but now yeah you uh you've got a, a miniature museum there i think you need to start charging admission when people come over <laughs> uh, heck no i like giving them to the kids you know you yeah the pebble pups you gotta inspire them and uh right so um let me uh let's talk about the when you got into hard rock mining because um you're you know you um definitely are a notch above most of the common prospectors like myself we've gone dredging um you know i've tried to learn a little bit about hard rock mining and stuff but uh, i've read a lot of books and i can tell you something that you are my mentor when it comes to that stuff and you are definitely have uh, gathered and accumulated and gained a lot of knowledge on hard rock mining and um, your torch assaying method and things like that are pretty, pretty impressive. Maybe you could talk a little bit about how you got into hard rock mining and, and how you developed some of the testing stuff that you did. Well, uh, through the years, I, uh, I learned that how, what gold really looks like you know it's uh, everybody thinks you walk around the ground and pick up nuggets and i learned that it was in the rocks so i'd go out chipping on rocks and stuff my first real find i uh i chipped a rock open and uh the whole inside of it just covered with gold it just gold wire gold everywhere and it's a pretty good sized piece and it, it got my heart beating really good so i just pretty much destroyed about oh 35 foot of that mine the entrance there um trying to uh uh get the values out of it got some really nice gold out of it and that really inspired me so i learned to to look in the books where the minerals are coming from uh in that area what their what their uh the gangu is the gang that uh gold is carries and then i go looking for that ore body and uh and proceed from there well over the years i wanted to learn the assay method so i learned the oven assay from an old engineer uh, from germany he taught me the oven assay and flotation and and uh, uh tabling and things like that well while i learned from him I heard about this guy, Charles Butler. Him and his brothers are the ones that perfected the torch assay. They're the ones I went and took a class with him, got to be real good friends with him. He wrote for the Prospecting Mining Journal, Western Mining Journal, uh, uh, 
uh, popular mining. He wrote a lot of articles and did a lot of groundbreaking work on uh, on assaying with the torch assay. So I got to know him and got to learn this torch assay procedure really well. And uh, um, he was really a mentor to me. He showed me a lot. And uh, as well as Nelson, Nelson, the old German engineer, he, he taught me a lot. So, you know, everybody you bump into, you learn a little bit more and a little bit more. You know, uh, I ran into old guys from Alaska that were firefighters up there. And they'd tell me their big tall tales about uh, elephant tusk and uh, laying all over the river and teeth. And he drug a tooth out and it had gold in, stuck in the tooth from a mastodon. And uh, that, Oh, my goodness. That was neat. He picked it up in Alaska. So all them old guys, they, uh, they took a liking to my wife. She's nice and pretty, young and pretty. And they're all in their <laughs> 80s, you know, so... She'd cook for them. Well, they took a liking to her and, and uh, took us out to their spots where they worked before, like, uh, Smitty went blind and the other guys, they couldn't walk, you know. But uh, they took us out to their spots and showed us the good spots to work. So uh, they guided me through the hard rock, how, how to uh, crush the ore, not to crush it too fine. Depends on what you're doing with it. As everybody thinks you just turn it into dust and, and the gold drops out. It's far from that. You know, you got hard rocks a lot more involved. Right. Wow. That's, that's really cool. Now, are you, I know at one time you were offering um, the course on a, like a CD. Are you still doing that or is that something you're just not really spending much time with? Well, you, you know, if someone's really interested and, and got a genuine interest, I'd be glad to, to uh, show them what's up and how to do it. It's uh, um, They'd have to catch me at the right time, you know, uh, uh, in between. Like right now I'm in between the two mines. Uh, the one I was working in, Nucla, went south. So I'm getting ready for fair play. And uh, the winter times is the best time to catch me on something like that. Right, definitely, because you're busy the rest of the time. Well, that's well anyway, that, that's interesting. I know I appreciated, you know, what you showed me and what you shared with me. And, uh, um, yeah. Are we lagging a little bit? No, thank you, Shane. It's uh, uh, <laughs> You're making me blush. <laughs> you blush easy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you make me sound hey, good. Um, yeah, well, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm uh, definitely, I'm, I'm glad to have you on the interview and to share, you know, some of these little pearls with people. And, and the more you share, I, I think the people that get to hear it are going to be blessed at some level. I know I, I feel that way. And we all, you know, we're all like, like the good book says, it's iron sharpening iron. So um, when you're able to do that and reach out to multiple people like this, it's, uh, I think it's a good thing. And that's kind of what I look at doing is, uh, you know, as you get older, you kind of you kind of want to pass on a few things to to people who deserve it. You know, people who are, are going to be, you know, do it, do the right thing and, um, you know, not uh, not be hopefully not be too greedy. Unfortunately, sometimes <laughs> that, that those type of people pop up in our in our line of business here. But, uh, you know, what are you going to do? You know, you you. Yeah. 
you deal, you deal, you take the cards that are dealt you and you do the best you can with them. But, uh, so let's go into, um, a little bit on, um, on the, on the, um, gold rush show. Why don't you give us some updates on that? I know we already talked about it, but let's talk about it again because there might be some that haven't heard it, or we might think of something else that we haven't mentioned. And, uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us about that? Okay. Well, uh, about three years ago, um, we were up in fair play. I, I was working with my partner, Todd, up there, Sullivan. He owns the, the um, Sluice Box Hill and the Jewelry Box Mine that were on the Gold Rush show. He leased, uh, he leased the four acres to the Hoffmans up there to come work on our property. And that was my cabin that, they, that everybody was staying in. And uh, Todd got on the show. I didn't. Um, uh, probably, it pretty much put an end to our season of mining. I had a, I was working on a percentage basis with Todd, and I got the cabin for the summer free. So uh, anyway, uh, uh, Hoffman's and everybody. Freddie was our next door neighbor, and uh, my next door neighbor. Todd wanted to spend more time. Come on, Paul, let's go see him start up Monster Red. Come on, Paul, let's go see Freddie. Come on, Paul. And we didn't get no uh, work done on the mine. So uh, uh, I I got fed up with it and left about halfway through the season, left Todd up there playing with the Gold Rush guys. And uh, uh, I kept in touch with Todd. We're good friends, you know, and stuff. And then uh, uh, hear about uh, – uh, the talent scout for Gold Rush. I got a call from them wanting to put my mind in Nuke on the show. So uh, uh, we made all arrangements, spent uh, getting everything together, spent all the time getting everything together. I headed down to the mine two and a half weeks early to open it up so we'd be ready for first day of shooting. And uh, so we did all the production meetings and, and all the preliminary work. Uh, uh, Freddie was uh, it's Freddie's show basically it's about Freddie improving uh, take on people's boxes and stuff with Juan and Barra uh, helping him and uh, and they were going to feature our mine on the show and uh, so they did some filming with a drone up on top and come the day we were supposed to start filming on the mine I get a call from uh, Rich and Callum, the producers, they come by the house and they tell me that they've been recalled to England. And uh, here are all, whole, uh, all the camera guys there, sound guys, the producers, safety lady, they've already moved their stuff on the mine. And uh, here they got recalled because of the coronavirus. Wow. So, yeah, so uh, anyway... Uh, I've had some troubles with the mine up in Nucla. Um, uh, people, this is their second year up there, and now they know more than I do, so I kind of got muscled out of that. And uh, so I got an invitation from Todd to go back to Fair Play, and uh, we're supposed to resume filming in Fair Play once I get up there. Well, that'll be good. Now, so when do you think that will start? Maybe in the next uh, month or two or well i just heard the uh england staying under lockdown so <laughs> oh they told they told me it'd be from july to august 
uh, um, July to September. And, uh, but it depends on the coronavirus thing. And now they've, uh, England, I don't know if they're going to be able to get out of England to come up and do any shooting up in nuclear or in a fair play. Hmm. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how, what conspires. So, uh, I'll keep touch bases with you and, and oh yeah, Absolutely. hopefully, hopefully it works out. It sounds fun. It sounds exciting. So, well, you come on up, Shane. It's uh, we'll stick you in one of the great big uh, loaders or uh, excavators. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been practicing with my little John Deere, so uh, you know I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> That'll work. Let's go start a mine. Yeah, amen. That would be great. Um, so yeah, that's pretty exciting. I hope I hope everything gets straightened up. I think a lot of places are are starting to loosen up on the lockdown, so. Hopefully, I don't know how things are going in England, but hopefully, uh, hopefully that loosens up enough that they can they can get out of the country and and come in. So that would be that would be great. And then, um, you know, um, you have a lot of experience around Arizona and um, with uh, different mines and stuff. You've given tours in the past, and um, I've been blessed to go on on a on a tour with you. I don't know if you still do that, but. Can you talk about some of the areas that you're really familiar with that, that maybe might be um, some of the areas, you know, I know are exclusive to you. And then uh, there might be some areas that are open um, that the general public might be able to to go through and do the, the legal, you know, rock hounding that we all do to to comply with the BLM and all that good stuff, of course. Yeah, there's a. Um, there's places like. uh you can collect some real fine alabaster and flowstone down by Temple Bar. There's a wash up there. It goes to the Crystal Caves, it's called. But actually, it's just concretions on the uh, uh, in the walls of the like the basalt, and right. uh, it, it's filled in with the calcium carbonates. But it's like purple and red colors. Some just brilliant white. Um, uh, that there's some real nice collecting up in there. A little bit of a hike, about a mile hike. I wouldn't uh, suggest starting out at eleven o'clock in the afternoon. You know, I'd uh, unless you want to be vulture food. Yeah, and then <laughs> there's a there's places like just head up in the Surbats or the Surbat Mountains or the Black Mountains. And just take that old dirt trail, and and uh, you see a mine dump, stop on it. One right. one thing, you know, if it ain't posted, or you know, most of them are, and nobody's going to care. You pick up a rock or two, or you know, poke around. Right. Yeah. Our our disclaimer is, you know, make sure you're up to date because this stuff can all change. So, you know, check yeah. the BLM site and make sure you know you're not on private land or anyone's claim and all that good stuff. But uh, that's our disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> but there's places like uh, Copper World. I, I pick up some really nice azurites and malachites out there. And it's open to the public. You know, you, technically, you're only supposed to take out X amount of pounds. I don't know what it is. 20 I think it's, it's pounds. 25 pounds per day per person with a maximum of 250 pounds a year is the general. That's the last thing I read on the BLM site. On there you BLM go. Land. 
Jones. So, yeah, um, so that's, that's we, what I read a few weeks ago. I'm assuming it's still the same, but check it. Make sure. <laughs> yeah, Copper World's really got really. It's a home of the Gem Azerite. It's a. It was in the lapidary journey. That's how we found out about it, and we went out there and uh, collected a bunch of it, and uh, took it. We we sold. We've sold in quartzite, done rock and gem shows in in Nevada and stuff. Sold some of our material, and uh, we took that stuff to quartzite, all cabbed out, and people just freaked out. <laughs> we got we got saw blades, all kinds of saw blades, polishing wheels, traded for all this stuff. Tourmaline, hundreds of tourmaline crystals, uh, moldavites. Uh, boy, they they just gave us anything we wanted. So it's a, it, it's a little bit of a hike in there. Used to be able to park on that mine. Now now it's a little bit of a hike in there, but it's well worth it. it it's a nice place to spend a day. Yeah, I can testify the the material you have is uh, some really good material, and I know you've you've collected a lot of great. Um, turquoise over the years i know some of those areas probably aren't accessible anymore but uh, back in the day you know when it was when it was good you you've just really um got a lot of good stuff and it's it's nice and you can learn a lot you know from the history of all the different mines that are up there in that area that you've you've scoured the hills so much up there in arizona and mineral park it's uh it's really something um but it does get hot and you got to be really careful and it's not a good idea to go alone or anything like that. And I'm not even sure what parts of those areas are open anymore, but uh, it is it is an adventure. Yeah, there's still some old buildings standing up in the mountains, old miner shacks that still have the sinks and the canvas on top, the, on inside of them, you know, where they used to be canvas tents, basically. You know, uh, there's... Uh, it's some pretty cool poking around. It, it's uh, uh, snakes right now. We see we we seen like oh I don't know eight or ten snakes the last time we were out. So uh, rattlers. So yeah. we got really really careful. A lot of rattlesnakes around the old mines. And another thing I might mention is if the mine dump is gray, it's usually arsenic or uh uh rebellious uh, not a metal that's not good for you the yellow dumps are sulfide dumps and normally it's oxidized out a lot of the old metals uh, uh, on the surface so when you're digging be careful um, on the gray dumps you could be in an arsenic yeah don't lick rocks don't breathe the dust all that stuff is uh <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm bad for licking rocks but that's the first thing my professor taught me lick rocks chris colo stick to your tongue uh you know <laughs> all that stuff yeah yeah we we yeah you spit on them now you know because you never know yeah who's, who's peeing a on little, that rock <laughs> a water bottle or something you know uh, uh yeah. i'm gonna build me a little bat belt i uh put my md20 metal detector and my oxygen meter and my uh uh um, spray bottle yeah all that stuff like a little bat belt <laughs> right yeah. Uh, yeah you gotta have your your donkey pack you know so you can you know pack them out too you know <laughs> yeah now they're making phones too dang big to carry yeah yeah no doubt no doubt 
Well, you know, I've really enjoyed um, talking with you, and I, I know that um, all the listeners are going to enjoy hearing some of these stories. Is there anything else um, you could share with us that you can think of, any anecdotes or uh, any, any interesting stories? Oh, we got all kinds of stories, but we ain't got enough <laughs> time for them. It's, uh, uh, I can tell you everything is shiny ain't gold. So, yeah. you know, head to the mountains. If you're not sure if it's gold or not, there's a simple test called streak test. And uh, pyrite streaks black on a, on a white unglazed tile. And right. gold will streak yellow. Yep, yep. Hey, um, another thing, too. I think last time we kind of touched on it. But, you know, just advice, because uh, I know a lot of people who, who li- love gold. Most rockhounds do kind of like gold as well and vice versa. But, um, you know, we talked about it. Um, just getting out there and, and trying to get stuff to get money and get greedy, Um or just to get rich, it, it's it's exciting and it, it does drive you. And we've all gone through it. But once you get a little more seasoned, you know, you learn to just kind of slow down and enjoy it. You know, you remember that that old saying: it's it's not the gold that's haunting me, but the searching for it. You know, yeah, it's not the gold that I'm wanting so much as finding the gold. That's a yeah. uh, poem from uh, uh, Robert London. And Robert London, okay. Spell of the Yukon. Yeah, the U- you're right, right. It's a famous saying, but it's really worth worth repeating. And uh, I, I think I told the story. I was dredging, and at, at one time I was really, you know, trying to get a lot of gold. I tried to get a penny weight every day, and I was up on the Yuba River, and you know, I was working, and I slipped, and um, I my stomach hit the hot exhaust pipe of a of a uh, hot uh, Honda engine on my four inch dredge and the skin just curled up and peeled off and it looked like a raw piece of steak you know with i could see the the jelly (laughs) and the blood and 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 it hurt like like all get out and i really got set back from that and um i also had uh i i got a double inner and outer ear infection diving you know the hookah diving for gold and just going up and down so much i blew out my eardrums and it was so much pain, man. I've, I don't think I've ever been in that much pain before. And it took like those two events for me to just go, wow, what, why am I so greedy? Why am I killing myself? You know, I'm not going to be able to quit my day job for this. You know, it wasn't that great of a deposit, you know, I mean, if you, if you find one, then great. And when I slowed down, I found out I was finding almost as much gold and I was just really enjoying myself so much more, you know? Yeah, it's a, it's it's uh, I've been flopping on the end of my airline, uh, got sucked out of the hole on the Yuba River, and uh, dangling on the end of my airline, ready to drown upside down. You know, uh, caught in the river current. I've been uh, uh, had boulders roll on me underwater. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it it can be dangerous, but you know what? You you got a point. Slow down and. Uh, have a good time. We've had, uh, you know, one pound days and, uh, it's just going to be your day if it, if it's your day. And when you get to the bottom of a hole, always put it down a nickel or dime or something with that year's date on it at the bottom of the hole. So the next guy that gets there knows that you've already been there. Huh? That's a, that's neat. Yeah. 
I don't know what kind of money nowadays would last that long. I mean, they don't make anything out of anything. Once it hits water, it seems to just like rot. You know, I'll find an old coin or something. I, it looks like it's a hundred, two hundred years old, and once I clean it up, I find out it was made in the last ten, twenty years. You know, <laughs> yeah, they use their system such crap you know <laughs> yeah it's uh, uh you know some of my best gold has been just crevicing just walking along after the rivers dropped and digging it out of crevices with the uh, hacksaw blades and and little pieces of screwdriver and metal and stuff like that got some serious gold that way some nice gold and uh it's just kind of enjoyable you throw it in your pan as you go and then uh, get a pan pull and pan her out. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's always nice when you hit a good crevice. Yeah, well, they, you know, uh, especially in the areas that replenish. Up in northern California along the mother load, you know, um, there's public areas up there. But it, it, it's a lot of fun to hike there. Yeah, I've, I've had a lot of really good uh, – trips you know week two week trips on the yuba and the north fork and the south oh, fork yeah. and the middle fork and there's plenty of campgrounds and you know you're not gonna typically you're not gonna strike it rich there but um you know you can find a few penny weight in the during the week or so um even with a smaller dredge and just take your time and enjoy it and well well you can't do it anymore you can't dredge in california well the they're way. just they're just getting ready to redo that i said there's kirby jackson he's got a uh, he's a lawyer or something's got a site on Facebook and uh, the, he fights for everybody, you know, and they file challenges to everything. And he's, they're getting ready to set rules for uh, suction dredging in California, but Idaho's real receptive to, to people. And it's $25 for an out of state permit there, you know? So uh, I'd rather take my business, somebody that, uh, appreciates it <laughs> right right i'm i'm looking forward i'm probably i'm looking at possibly moving to idaho in the not too distant future we'll see how that works out but um definitely definitely looking at doing that and it is the gym state so that'll be great too but um who the gentleman that you're talking about you're gonna have to give me more information um on him when we're offline because part of our radical rocks um thing is not just doing these podcasts and blogs and um, the videos and all that and, you know, running the Facebook group and everything just to try to keep rock hounding alive and keep these areas open for us small prospectors, miners and rock collectors and uh, is to, you know, support not just educational stuff, but also keeping the areas open. So um, that's something I definitely uh, maybe you can send me a little information on that if or if he's doing it just for individuals or if he's doing it for a whole group of people. And uh, we'll yeah. talk about that offline sometime but yeah. uh yeah I'll, I'll i think give you his link uh shane okay he'll be glad to hear cool. from you all mines aren't gold mines you know there's gem right. mines and and uh so it helps all of us if we all uh join together right right and there's some gem mines here in san diego that you know you pay a fee and you can come up and mine for tourmaline you know oh, and, we and did that all you can find yeah we did that to so Stewart mine open. and uh right oh we got some nice jemmy stuff there some nice rubelites so yeah that's some of the things we're doing and uh well anyway i think i'm going to go ahead and um 
in the the interview i really appreciate your time and the stories and the anecdotes and um the knowledge that you shared with our listeners and uh you know maybe when you get back from the next trip we'll do it again and uh you can give us an update and i, I look forward to it and uh, i'll talk to you i'll talk to you before then of course and uh just uh thank you cool shane yeah and if anybody wants to talk to me they can find me on facebook under cole younger I'm doghead with sunglasses, so uh, yeah. <laughs> Cole on. Younger, Cole Younger on Facebook group, right? Yeah. So if you uh, if you got questions or anything, I can help you with. Uh, I'll share what I can with you. And uh, thank you, Shane. I talk to you later, bro. You bet. What's your famous uh, your famous words when you leave? Uh, hey, yippee ki yay! Happy trails. <laughs> Amen. All right. This is Radical Rocks uh, concluding it up with Mr. Cole Younger. Thank you. And remember, rockhounds don't die. They petrify. Yeah, you can tell you. See you, Shane. Bye. See you.